Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Data Career Podcast, the podcast that helps you in your data career. I'm your host, Avery Smith. On this episode, we have Lillian Pearson on the show. She's an absolute fantastic person, very cool person to learn from. She is the CEO of her own company, Data Mania, where she teaches and does data science projects. She's the author of a book called Data Science for Dummies, and she has an insane story about building her business, getting into data. It basically involves sitting on the ground in Bolivia in a hostel, making $8 an hour to eventually charging $1,000 an hour for her data services. So you definitely want to check this out if you're interested in data freelancing, starting a data business, or breaking into data science in general. Hope you guys enjoy. But now we're back and we have Lillian Pearson if you missed the introduction. So Lillian, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Avery. Yes. And I'm, I'm going to reread your bio just so that everyone who's watching live, um, and when I cut this in the podcast, it'll be in there. So Lillian Pearson, PE, helps data professionals evolve into world-class leaders and entrepreneurs. To date, she's educated over 1 million data professionals on AI and data science. Over 10% of the data pro- entrepreneurs that she has mentored has landed six-figure six figure contracts within the first seven months of working with Lillian. So Lillian is a great resource to have in the data community. Um, definitely a good person that you want to follow and check out for uh, all things data, especially data entrepreneurship. So Lillian, we're so lucky to have you here. <laughs> thank you for thank you for inviting me. And I love what you're doing with your podcast and with your community. I've seen a lot of a lot of my friends, a lot of really awesome data professionals and leaders um, being a guest on your show. So thank you. I'm honored that you would invite me. Yeah, of course. We got some people here saying hello. We got Ken G. Stopping by yeah, to say hello. Yeah, you were the one I was thinking of. Go to Sunday. I saw your picture <laughs> like two days ago. <laughs> yeah, so I actually I was on Ken's podcast, but I still need to get Ken on this podcast. Ken's awesome. We had a really fun discussion about I had a bunch of stuff. So definitely, if you guys don't follow Ken on YouTube, definitely give him a follow on YouTube. Great resource to follow. Hey Ken. We got some hey, other Ron. people. Hey David. Yep. Oh David Peru. Peru. I used to. I lived there for six months. <laughs> Oh, you did? That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. That's awesome. We got Hamant here. We got Siraj here. From I actually India. started writing data science for dummies in Peru. Oh, really? That's really yeah. cool. In Cus- in Sacred Valley of all places. That's awesome. And we're gonna we're gonna get into that because you know, travel's been a big part of your professional life, hasn't it? It it has. I finally got to the yeah, I got to the point where I wanted to like bring my business fully online because the travel part was just like, you know, with a child, it's just too much. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That That is a lot. So we're going to talk about all of that. Thank you guys all for joining us this morning. Um, yes. Hello from Qatar. That's far away. Asmita, hello. D- David Avery, also I'm says, come say, You're definitely American. You're like 100% all American. <laughs> T- tell me why. What's your thought there? I mean, just like Qatar, um, that's far, like you, the way you say, it, like that's far away. Like, I I don't know. Like, I was thinking, I should have been to Qatar. Was, but you are like, just you just remind me of American, like my family hey. back home. Like well, Qatar, I, like what? <laughs> I am 100% American. I, I will give you that. Um, Wow, we got a lot of people watching today. We got people from South Africa watching. Hello, Bongani. Sorry if I said your name wrong, Emmanuel. Um, sweet. Well, thank you guys all for joining. Lillian's a great person to come join to. So, like, 
I'm stoked for you guys all to be here. Um, I to get to get the scene started. I actually wanted to read this clip off your site, Lillian. Um, this is kind of a little bit about your story that I, I find super fascinating. So it says back in 2011, which is like only 10 years ago, I was an engineer <laughs> working as a legal secretary in Orlando, Florida, for eight dollars an hour, 40 hours per week. Although I had an engineering job plus engineer or plus interns license plus three years of professional experience, I was unable to find another job in the field. Up until this point, I'd followed every rule and cleared every obstacle with respect to my engineering career and its advancement. So I want to ask you, here you are working in Florida as a legal secretary. You have an engineering degree. What happens next? And how 10 years later do you have a data empire? What, <laughs> what, did, what did you do to, to get to that point? Um, okay, well, I think the thing is, is that I just kept trying. And so like the futility of putting in, you read the part about 600 resumes and not getting a job, right? Y yes. But, but tell our listeners all about that experience. They want to know. <laughs> well, I just, okay. So I had gotten this job. I went to law school. I wanted to become a patent attorney because I just was kind of understimulated with civil environmental engineering. You went to law school? Yeah, I did for a year. Like I went for like oh, a year and a half. I didn't know that. Yeah, and I got a job as a legal secretary, and then I found out I don't want to work with lawyers for the rest of my life. Like, I uh, don't like arguing. Uh -huh. <laughs> I like logic, but not arguing. So um, so I decided, you know, with the cost of, like, it was a good education, but um, I quit the law school, and then I tried to get back into engineering, and um, it was that there was the downturn of the economy due to the housing bubble collapse. So there was no money um, for municipalities to build infrastructure like water systems and sewer systems and people were not building things. So um, there weren't any jobs, you know, but that's what I did. So I just like kept putting in the resume and um, I, I got, got this job for like eight bucks an hour at a law firm like that was owned by a friend and I was a legal secretary and I worked, you know, to cover my mortgage. And um, then every day after work, I would go in and just put in CVs for an environmental engineering job. And, you know, and I just did it because that's just what you do. Right. I didn't know anything about like, I didn't know anything about like LinkedIn or like, you know, getting all savvy with the job search because I just never had to do that. I always just had a job whenever I had a degree. So I was thought, like, you just put in a resume and you get a job. But it didn't work that way for me. So, like, um, <laughs> when I went to Bolivia, I was so that winter I already had a trip planned to Peru and to Bolivia. And I still kept putting in job resumes and stuff while I was traveling. And I just, like, it occurred to me, uh, I think it was Christmas Day in Bolivia. I was, like, this hostel in La Paz, sitting on the floor. And I just thought about it. And I was like, actually, because the cost of living is so low here, and I have renters in my house paying me money, I'm actually making more money per day here not having a job doing anything than I w was in America working 40 hours a week. And then, <laughs> you know, an extra 20 hours putting in CDs. So I just decided, I'm like, well, I don't really want to like, I don't really want a job anyway. 
You know, yeah. I really want to just travel the world and kind of like follow whatever it is that I want to work on, right? So I just decided then, hey, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna start my own business online. And, you know, it can't be, you, you can't go down from where I was at. Yeah. You know, so I just made that decision. But then I just so happened to get like that same day I had, was putting in a CV, like I had already put it in or something like that. I was in the process. So I just put it in and I got that job. So I went back mm. to America and I, and I, um, and I worked for like two years. I got my PE license. I got qualified I, for that. You know, it, my professional engineering license, uh-huh. you need to qualify for four years of work experience before you can sit for the exam. So at, at this point, let me, sorry to interrupt, but at this point, you don't have any family. You're not married or are you married? No, no. I just, not really. My family's pretty all independent. So it just okay. was me. Yeah. Okay. Just you. That's, that's one thing that's, I've always wanted to like work remotely, but uh, my wife like loves people. Like I'm a very big introvert, but she's a huge extrovert. And I would never like, think that about you. I, I know. I, I fake it till I make it, but I, I like, I get energy by being by myself and being alone. And like, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. So I just don't like being with people. My, my wife does. And she would, we've talked about like moving to like Mexico or something like that. She's like, I would just miss everyone so much. And I'm like, I wouldn't miss them at all. But that's one thing that's oh hard. Oh my but- gosh. We have these people. We have that type of person here too, where I live and they do fine. I mean, they just, really? they just find each other. So it's cool. Hey, Danny. Oh, you guys are nice. They yeah, had two legends coming from a Thank legend you. himself, if sweet. I say so. Um, yeah. Thanks for stopping by, Danny. Appreciate it. Um, Okay. And the other thing I wanted to ask you is, okay, so you're in Bolivia, you get this job. Is this an engineering job or is this a data job at this point? It was a G, it was a job, um, a GIS specialist job. Oh, and that, that, that counts, that counted towards your PE license. I didn't realize that. They, they let it count because what I ended up doing was I, the guy that I worked for the government. So it was community environmental and development services. So, mm-hmm. and I was doing, like I was like doing data analytics and, and I ended up doing data science to like help them find um, suitable um, site suitability analysis and a lot of things that fall within the civil and environmental domain. So the title GIS specialist is what it was, but when I came in, that's not actually what I was doing. It was just because it was government. That was the title they had for me. And I also have a ton of experience. And so they took it. Okay. That's, that's awesome. Okay. So that's very cool. So anyway, sorry to go back to your story, you leave Bolivia, you come back to the U S um, you get this job as a GIS specialist, which is like, for those who don't know what that is, that has a lot to do with um, like, you're, we're talking like space, like not space, but like you're talking about maps. We're talking about basically intelligence that is involved with locations. Is that correct? Yeah. So spatial geographic data. Geographic and, data. Yeah. So I ended up doing a bunch of like, um, because I wanted to become a data scientist when I got into that role and they put me in charge of a data analytics program, but that didn't require programming. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like found I needed to get educated. So I found, you know, kind of like I saw in one of your messages the other day, of like find a way to make an opportunity for yourself. So I was like, yeah, just um, if you can get me trained in like 
if you can pay for the training and give me time to learn Python and R and spatial statistics, then I can, you know, build out these robust like programs for you. And I can build these tools to like make things easier for you. And so they basically paid for all that. And then, um, and then I got the experience and training I needed to, I mean, I hate the, I even hate the word data scientist because it's such a debated term, Me but too. I did data science. So like, whatever. I, I love it. I love it. I, I always say that like, people are like, people think, and the names kind of go this way, that you have to be a data scientist to do data science. That's like saying you have to be a mathematician to do math. And it's like, no, there's engineers, there's accountants, like everyone uses math and like everyone has the opportunity to use da data science if they're trained properly. So I, I totally agree with you there. Um, I do want to pause for one moment there because one thing that you said really struck me um, is you were at this job and you basically gained a lot of the skills, a lot of the knowledge, a lot of the training on the job. Is that correct? Yeah, and I knew I wanted to start my own business because I had decided in Bolivia. So I started building my brand and getting clients while I was working. And they were cool with that. They were like, oh, well, okay, that works with, you know, they were just like happy to have me doing that, so. That's that's an awesome employer. That's what everyone who's listening, you definitely want an employer that will treat you like that. Yeah, but you know, I made like, I think in take home pay, I made like 24 bucks an hour. I mean, not not the most, especially for you know in the data science space, but but also you got to think this is it this was, is something. That's, it's terrible. What? That's terrible. <laughs> now I, mean, I make a thousand dollars an hour if I sell sell time hourly. It's a thousand bucks. Yeah, obviously. So because so the data skills expertise is worth that, you know. Yeah, so a lot has changed, though. Of course, yeah, but still, twenty four bucks an hour in the United States is like for data, for engineers and data scientists, people doing programming for you, data science, that's like so low, but it was government. So, you know, I went with it and it paid the bills and it allowed me to build my brand so I could yes. then quit the, oh, I got my PE qualified. So I, I'm grateful, I'm so grateful, but. Yeah, maybe maybe not the most, the, the highest financial compensation, but one thing that I try to tell people and my students that I work with is you need to figure out a way how to get paid to learn. And that's what you did at that job, right? Like you didn't yeah. have to stop working. You didn't have to go take a master's. You didn't have to pay, you know, 25 grand for a boot camp. Instead, you were getting paid $24 an hour to improve your skills. And it sounds like they were even paying for some of the training. So even well, though it wasn't- they paid for the training, they gave me the time and they gave me the practice. Like here, okay, yes. build this for me. So yeah, it was great. That That's true. It was almost like kind of like an internship or something, but- you know, looking back, I'm just like, I needed to get out of there, you know, like I didn't need to stay For there because sure. it was never going to take me like higher. You know, we weren't going places inside of the county. No. Yeah. And that, and that makes sense. And one thing that I think you did very well with is, is, um, is you had kind of like this escape plan. I always, I always try to tell people to drive defensively in their career and you were like, okay, this job kind of sucks. I'm not going to stay here a long time. So what is my escape plan? What is my route out of this situation? How do I set myself up for success in my next job? And you, it's, you were building that up yeah, while you were currently after, working. Yeah. After not having been able to find another job, you know, I knew, I knew that like, it isn't like, you know, to be honest, to be fair, like when I came out of college, I kind of thought when you got the degree that that was like, you had arrived. 
Yeah. I didn't realize that that's like the beginning and then you need to like freaking haul ass for like the rest of your career, like that you didn't arrive. So, um, yeah, so I learned the lesson the hard way. And so when I got this low paying, awesome job, I really pushed pushed my career, like everything. I started a meetup group on big data. That was like 2012. I did everything I could possibly do. I read every like article and like whatever it was, like anything and everything to grow, to build my brand as a data professional and to build out opportunities and to demonstrate that I was there to add value. And I knew what that actually meant. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it seems like it worked out like all that, all that extra work turned yeah, into something it did, great. Because then like Facebook and all these people were trying to recruit me from like the County cubicle. And I was like, this is so bizarre because like, <laughs> you know, to go from like, sitting on a floor in Bolivia in a dusty hostel, like putting in 600 CVs and not being able to get like any responses. So like having Facebook be like, Hey, can you like come and like, we got this data position in Menlo Park. Like that is a big reversal. Yeah. That's huge. What, what, what do you think made the difference? Like why all this, like the sudden change? I think it was plus I not only the skills, but developing my brand and contributing online and like um, de- demonstrating expertise and thought leadership at the capacity that I had then. Yeah. You know, which I, is now of course different. It's evolved. Yeah. But I mean, how, how cool is that? That basically data skills and a personal brand, you know, transformed your life. Like it really like pretty quickly too. Like it was not like really you know, quickly. 10 it was years. crazy. Yeah. I was like, I, what? <laughs> because, you know, to go from like putting in 600 resumes and not getting a job to like having Facebook be like, hey, oh, we'll wait for you. That's craziness. In Silicon Valley, like I was like, live, like living in a cubicle. It was weird. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. So, so why didn't you take the Facebook job? Tell me about that. Because it was, uh, I didn't move on into interviews or the second interview because I already had a plan to move to Thailand and start my own business. And I knew, I knew what I was going to get was more of like going into an office, being around competitive people who really want everyone wants to usurp the next person and like having to like, really, I was just ready for a break, honestly. And I was tired, you know, I had like built this business quasi business and like, gotten my PE license and held a full-time job. And I was like going and working in Silicon Valley right now is definitely not what I'm, there were so many reasons. And also that doesn't really pay that well compared to the cost of living. I was like, dude, I'm going to have like less money there than I do here. And I only make 24 bucks an hour because the cost of living. So I'm just like, no, I'm just going to move to Thailand. And I just lived off the $600 a month and I just chilled. You know, and I didn't, and then I got a book deal. So <laughs> I don't know. I like, so I, then I just kept going. I, I liked it. I mean, uh, it makes sense. Obviously, California is very expensive. Obviously, um, for those who haven't been to Thailand, you know, Thailand's awesome. Not very it's expensive. Super, <laughs> super affordable, um, beautiful place, awesome weather. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're like, okay, 
I can like have more, you know, disposable money at my hands living in a tropical, you know, paradise doing my own thing versus, you know, kind of in the office in California state taxes and all that stuff. No, it, I couldn't do that. Yeah. I needed chose- to sleep and like get massages <laughs> and just like freaking. And also I had enough money. I knew like with the amount of clients I had and I didn't have kids that honestly, and I had some money and savings. I was like, I think I have enough money. I was, I it was kind of like, yeah, I'm going into my own business, but it was also kind of retirement because I didn't need to make money. So I kind of just retired and I just did some like little freelance things on the side. Um, but I didn't need to make the money because it was so affordable. It, 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 needless to say, I didn't get that far with my business. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, But like I had a lot of fun and I traveled the world and I got a lot of cool contracts all over the world. And But the business, I didn't start growing the business really like seriously until – my, I found out I was pregnant. Mm. <laughs> then, you know, it's like, okay, you're responsible for setting an example for another human being and like, what is a like decent quality of life and like stability and like education. And like, you can't just be like, my husband calls it flying sausage, just like willy nilly all over the world. Just like, whatever. You can't do that and be a good parent. I don't, I don't, for me, I couldn't, it wasn't yeah. my, so um yeah so then that's when I started like 2016 is when I started like waking up and being like okay I actually need to get off my butt with this business here and do something yeah and and scale it up how did how did you do that like what what does that involve like after you got off uh, off your butt like what did you do um well I first took a course um on I took this course called like pilot the pilot project or something and it was like kind of like business coaching but it was just a course and it was pretty cheap um and it didn't teach me you know it wasn't like revolutionary or anything but it did help me start like systemizing my business and start like looking at my numbers every month and you know, and I just, I started working with different coaches and mentors then, um, and like just working on my business. So the data expertise has always been something that has, I don't spend a lot of time learning things just for the sake of learning them. In fact, I spend almost no time doing that. (laughs) So the data expertise has, my data expertise has developed with my client work with whatever my requirements are. I need to learn something, you know, so I've developed that as I go, but like in order to grow the business, I had to, so I've spent over $50,000 on business coaching and business mentors just in the last, I don't know, three, four years. Um, And it's worth it. You know, I'm going to keep. I love that because um, like you said, a lot of, a lot of people, myself included, were like, Oh, I, I got my undergrad, like I'm ready for the world, you know? And what it comes down to is like your undergrad kind of teaches you nothing about the real world. Um, and so there's all these like alternative ways to get educated, you know, like these courses, these mentorships, um, these coaching programs. And people sometimes are like, oh, I don't, that's not, that's not like a degree. Why do I need that? But often like they're more useful than the actual degree because they teach you like how to apply stuff in real life and like skills that really, the education system just doesn't teach. They're so valuable and people just aren't talking about that necessarily. 
Oh my gosh. I see these things where it's like some dude teaching an MBA program. Like I saw something somewhere like, oh, he went to Harvard for MBA. He's teaching teaching an MBA in Harvard or something. That's great. And there's some, I think MBAs are great for people who are going to run corporations. But um, if a person was that badass at business, then they probably wouldn't be teaching MBA. They would probably be sitting on a beach somewhere chilling because they made enough money and they don't have to actually work. You know what I'm saying? Like no one's going to be going into an office every single day teaching if they know if they are so good with business and know how to make money. You know what I mean? So like, like, so I'm not going to give out too many secrets, but so my, my business mentor has grown 10 businesses past seven figures, some of them into eight figures. Um, all before it was 30 and helped hundreds of other entrepreneurs hit million dollars in their business. So like, okay, so we don't have MBAs, but like, it doesn't really matter because if you've got the street smarts to actually make the money, who cares who went to college for what? Cause you're chilling on a beach somewhere doing what you want. Right. That, I mean, that's, that's the goal. <laughs> that's kind of like the vibe over here. <laughs> I like that. I mean, that's, that's the goal. Um, did you always want to start a business? I think I was always entrepreneurial, um, but I didn't know that I wanted, I, oh yes, I was always into finding ways to make money, but um, I didn't know I wanted to start a business at all um, until, I think it was Chris Gillibo, actually. Do you know Chris Gillibo? I don't. Who's that? Um, he wrote this book, um, $100 Startup, back in 2012, and we were kind of friends. And he just basically traveled. He, he was on a mission to travel to every country in the world. So 196 countries by the time he's 35. And he's never had a real job. Wow. You know, and um, he did get an MBA, but he never had a real job. And so he taught, he would tell these stories and he taught about people who travel the world, you know, and like you do all your work on the plane. And then when you get to Hong Kong and you open your laptop, all your work goes out and like paint this picture of like a life that I didn't know was possible. And I was like, Oh, that's like what it could be like running, owning your own business is just like traveling anywhere you want and not answering working with whoever you want and not working with anyone you don't want. Once I knew that that was a possibility because he opened my eyes to that and shared stories of other people who also lived that way. Then I knew, yeah, I want to have my own business. This is it. Um, that's a cool story and, and what sounds like a cool guy. Um, do you think you would have been able to start your own business had you not got into data? Let's say like you don't get that job, you don't get the, the GIS, you know. Yeah, data. of course. Really? You would what in engineering, what, what do you think you would have done? I'm curious. Um, okay, with an engineering degree. So there was all sorts of things. So I got a job in data and it was like a natural, it was just like a natural fit and it was a perfect time. It was like the stars aligned. Um, but you can do anything. If you have an engineering degree, like, okay, if you don't do data, you could do, you could be a web developer. You could be, you could do anything. It's like the, the, I, the, the possibilities are endless. In fact, I would love Although I don't have the background, I would love to be a designer when I retire one day because I love design, web design, you know. Um, 
You guys, you guys need to check out Lillian's website. It's, it's very, I, I like the design. I didn't do it, but it's, I like it. <laughs> well, I know that you had a say in it. That's for sure. The palettes and everything. I feel like, I feel She's like. She's so you... talented. I didn't have to. <laughs> like, you didn't have to say anything. It's a very good looking website. I'll give you that. Thank so. you. <laughs> um, that, I, I, I asked that question because I, I agree with you. Like one thing I, you know, we, we've talked a little bit in the past, but not a ton. Um, and one thing I've noticed about you is you're a great marketer. You know, you're, you're great oh, at branding, you. you're great at marketing. And so I, I think sometimes as, you know, people who are like, oh, I want to start a business. You're like, okay, what, what do I need to do? You know, and we think a little bit less, okay, how do I need to like position myself? How do I need to market myself? Um, and you know, that's, that's, a, that's demand. it's a big deal. Like, like it's actually, sometimes you can have like a crappy product. But if you can market it well, it doesn't really, really matter, you know? And so anyways, my, my yeah, point in asking you is- Yeah, long-term, that's not going to do, people are, it's not going to work. It's I, true. Can I share something with you though, Avery? Yeah, absolutely. Before I picked, okay, so when I decided I wanted to start my own business and I got that job, so I was kind of like teetering between two ideas, travel business or data business. Mm -hmm. And the data thing just took off. And the travel thing, I wrote a book even, and then I realized I have to market it. And then I realized like, this doesn't make sense because it's just too broad of a market and it's too much work. So the market, but my whole idea was just basically like, how do you travel the world for free and do whatever you want? And I wrote a book about it. Well, guess what? One of the girls that started um, working in one of my, the programs that I'm in lately, she got laid off like four months ago. And she was, her whole mission is teaching people to just basically travel the, how they can travel the world and luxuriously or whatever. And like on like a shoestring budget, if not free, that's her idea, which was exactly what I was thinking. And she got laid off from her job and within four months she had brought in $400,000. How? She, she just launched and like, she just, well, that's why you work with business mentors because they can tell you. Yeah, there they can you tell go. you how. Yeah, it's like but so. I was like, look, that idea that I thought was too saturated, that I'd never get anywhere with it. She took something like that and inform. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. So it's the the mentors mentors worth it because that's that's kind of the difference maker there, right? Is is having a good mentor. And some people are like, oh, but I could learn this stuff for free on YouTube or something like that. And it's like. <laughs> It's like, sometimes that's true, but also like it can take you years to find the right thing. Like mentorships, you're kind of paying for a shortcut, that's why which I, is worth Yeah. It. I wasted, I did that when I was kind of like, my, you know, not taking my business seriously. I just like, oh, copying, like, oh, this looks like, seems like it's cool. And like doing something over here that someone's doing, like trying to copy what they're doing because it seems like it's cool. And trying to figure it out on my own with like whatever, not really wanting to spend any money because I thought everything was too expensive, which I didn't realize. So I spent wasted four years doing that. And then if you take the amount of money I started making when I started working with business coaches versus the four years I wasted doing things like whatever YouTube videos or just wasting my time on stuff, like trying to figure it out on my own. It, cause, cause, cause I was smart. I thought I was like, Oh, I'm smart. I lost $800,000 and lost earnings money that immediately I started making once I knew what I was doing that I could have made before if I hadn't had tried to save money by being smart and figure it out on my own. Yeah. Kind of, kind of productive, huh? 
yeah, like, and I look at it and I'm like, no, I don't need to try and figure anything out. Like, I just, I, I, I don't know. I teetered between like, you do have to be careful who you work with because not everyone has your best intentions in, in mind was what I found. But in general, it really helps to have um, get proven strategy from someone who's done it before rather than trying to figure it out. Yeah. That, I mean, you're, you're paying for experience, you're paying for knowledge, you're paying for the shortcut. So I, I like it. Um, I, that's very cool. Um, so now like we've talked a lot about, about your business and, you know, this, this thing that you've kind of built up over the last, you know, eight years, 10 years. Um, what, what exactly do you spend most of your time doing today? And what do you like to spend your time doing? Uh, what do you enjoy most about your business? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, okay. Well, so this year I had to rewrite my book, data science for dummies and, also, I was remaking a course. So I spent all year developing, like writing a book and developing content. The writing of the book was very, it's very heavy and it, like energetically, it just drains me. But I'm yeah. very excited about the content because the content's completely original. It's not, I don't even read what other people write because I don't want it to influence like my perspective and what I share in my content. Um, so I'm excited about the book, but it wasn't is not it was not the most exciting uh, way to spend seven months. <laughs> I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then now I'm back in my business, and we're gonna we're preparing for some launches, and I really love product development and um, managing my team, like putting the pieces together of like managing all the projects and putting all the pieces together and delegating and fitting them all together and kind of just making it all happen, but not actually like implementing because the implementing part is like actually the work (laughs) for me. (laughs) So I prefer just like hiring people and then like putting it all together. And I like, um, I think that I like creating content for people and I like creating programs like that when I know I'm creating something where I'm looking at where someone's at and taking them through a journey to like get them where they want to go and like all the pieces and parts that need, you know, to take them there that and when I'm visioning like what we're building, that stuff just just has me on fire. Okay. So that's, that's what you like the most is, is like coming up with programs that help people transform transform from A to B. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, like envision, like creating visions for what we're doing with things. And I also like thinking about, well, I like a lot of like business mindset uh, stuff. And I also like thinking about buyer psychology um, and what, like where people are at, like at the different touch points where they're coming to me from and like what it is, like understanding what it is, that they need versus what they want and how to like help them see a solution or basically, you know, understanding people. I really like understanding people, whether or not they become a client, because I'm more than happy to say, like, I just told this dude, no, save $9,000 and don't, don't join private coaching because I don't think you're the, you know, I think that this other thing is going to be more in alignment with your, you know, what you're trying to do, like you can read someone's vibe. And I just really want to like 
get in touch with people, like not just their hearts, but their passions and help people get in touch with that and then help them become, I don't want to say better version of themselves because that's totally um, over whatever. To reach their potential, reach their potential. Yeah, to see, to, to help people, that part of it, where like I see someone where they're at and then I get to like help them become, reach their dreams and want be part of that is just so incredible. Yeah, I can imagine that's uh, very fulfilling and and very uh, very fun to see people, you know, change change their lives. In all in all honesty, that that's because that's you're very so cool. excited, you know. Like I remember how freaking I still feel this way every day riding my bike around Thailand. Like when I left America, I felt so free. You know, I felt so like you know like so much just like joy and peace and like all of these things that I wanted. And so like, I know what it is to like reach the next level and just be like, wow, this is possible for me. And it's not just me. It's possible for like, these are just, these are proven, like the things that I teach people are proven methods. So it's possible for anyone that's going to do is willing to do the work. Then they have access to like, you think, you know, to go from, not being able to get a job and being in a hostel in Bolivia to like being flown all over the world to make like one time it was like 10 grand for an hour. I mean, it's just crazy, you know, and it's not like I'm anyone special because I didn't go to Harvard or anything like that. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Super, super incredible. Um, Amazing. Do you miss anything about, about the U S Um, maybe shopping. Shopping. All right. That's fair. Well, what do you like? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I really like my husband's home country, probably because I'm not that, he's Russian. I really like Russia. I like going there a lot. America's great, but I have a totally different perspective on America now because I was born there in Orlando. And after having traveled all over the old world and seen like, the civilizations they've been building and protecting for thousands of years, I realized that I was basically born in a social experiment in like, I was born in like Disney world. It wasn't yeah. like, no, like, and in fact, my family was on like, I have relatives, a relative that was on the Mayflower and other family members were in America back to like 1500s. So it's not like, we just showed up there or anything like that, but it's still so shallow compared to other yeah. cultures. I understand that. I understand that. That makes sense. What, what do you like most about Thailand? Oh gosh. I think the best thing about Thailand for me is um, there's so many things, but I think it's the people um, because the vibe is very much like, you know, the Buddhists. They're Buddhist. They're peaceful. They're happy. They're not stressed about anything. They're just laying and just eating. There's enough. You don't have to worry. If you don't want to make money, like there's fruits. You can just eat off of the fruits of the trees. There's not people are like killing each other here. None of that. So like as a type A, which I am kind of, I got to say, like I have to work on myself not to be a bit neurotic and totally type A. (laughs) So 
you know, to be in an environment where there's water buffalo wandering around and people are just chilling, it really helps me not to be like 100% of the time, like focused on the wrong things, like my own ambitions, when really there's a greater, I'm very much have a faith in God, you know, there's a greater purpose, there's a greater force behind the work I'm doing. And my plans are pretty shabby compared to, you know, what could happen if I just let that happen. And so this environment helps me to kind of stop trying to be such a control freak. <laughs> I, I love it. That's very cool. Um, when I visited, it was it was very peaceful. I mean, anytime you have have a beach, but especially in Thailand, I felt like the beaches were were very peaceful, um, very beautiful. We we did some hiking. It was it was very peaceful, very very beautiful as well. So, what what a cool place! What a cool place to live. Um, do you have Do you have like, I guess any any plans to leave anytime soon? You just stay in there for the long haul. You love it. <laughs> We just had to pay for another visa for me. So it's for 15 years. Oh, wow. There you go. We don't have um, vaccines, so I can't go anywhere. So we'll just, I mean, maybe I'll just stay Stuck in paradise. Yeah, literally it's on the billboards here, but it kind of took a lot of, it felt like, I don't know when I realized I don't have to leave Thailand for 15 years. I was like, wow, like I have money saved up. For in case, um, you know, you're supposed to keep six months of expenses. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I have, because I'm American, I just want to always be, con- and an engineer, I want to be conservative. So I have enough money saved up for six months of U.S. if I was running my business in the U.S. And I'm like, hey, I could actually invest that money, some of it now, because why I'm not going to be, I'm not going to, I don't have to go to the U.S. Yeah, that that's cool. What what like I said, what a cool place to to be to be stuck in and uh enjoy. Like I I love when I visited, I loved the food. The people were very kind. Um the massages were awesome. Uh yeah. the uh we we got to see monkeys, we got to see elephant like very cool, obviously very different from the US. So so what a cool place where where people can find you. Um okay, last question for you. What, what's, what's next in, in Lillian's life? What, where are you, what are you doing this year? How can people reach you? Um, what are you excited about? Um, I'm super excited. We're, we're relaunching. So right now we're reopening my data creatives and code program. And then I am starting a new mentorship program. And then, um, I think that'll be enough for, I don't know. Yeah, this will probably be enough for the rest of the year. And then next year, I'm going to be coming out with a workshop, a few workshops, like really affordable workshops um, to start working with people. So this is all for data entrepreneurs um, or people who are are data freelancers and data entrepreneurs. Um, So that's what uh, the goals are for the business. Also a book launch. Um, There's a lot of things, but I have team members. I like delegate. I delegate a lot. So um, I, those are what are my mind. And then the rest of the year is that, and then you asked about, yeah. And then just chilling, you know, that's awesome. So yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like you're, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> it doesn't sound like chilling, but I'm sure. I'm oh, sure it's you... so much less. I got really? a business best friend. Yeah. I got, I started a business best friends with this one woman and she's at 3 million a year in revenue. And so I was like, oh, okay, cool. This is awesome. Like I can learn from her and stuff. And then I told her my plans, you know, and how I felt about them, which I wasn't feeling that excited. I was feeling like, oh, but I quit my business because I piled on like 
it was like 10, 12 weeks of launching for the rest of the, it was like, it was just like so heavy, so much work, so much work, just trying to get as much done as quickly as possible. It's just like, why do you do that? Why don't you just do one at a time, you know, and just like work. So I'm working like 20, 30 hours a week and just chilling and like, I'll just get, get to it when the time is right. And remaining open. And that is, yeah, I love it. That's awesome. That's, that's a great place to be. Well, that's, that's super awesome. We're all excited to see all these things that are coming out. We're excited for the data science for dummies. Gotta oh, check thank that you, out. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciated talking to you and, and getting to know you better and uh, hear, hearing your story. It's, it's, it's a fun story. So I'm, I'm really glad for everyone who What's was here listening. Name? My wife's name, Haley. Okay, you and Haley, I know you were here before, but I mean, if you ever thought of like coming back again, man, because it's a nature's paradise. And also we have a lot of people here that are people, people. And they like run things around here and they know everyone and they talk. And I have just a few friends like that and I get all my information from those people. So I'm just saying that she's got a place as well. Sweet. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're in Kosamui, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that, that's one place that we actually didn't get to go to that we kind of wanted to go to. Um, we, we were, we were kind of debating. We, we, we ended up going to Bangkok and then Kopipi and then uh, Chiang Mai. Um, those were kind of our three places. City, right? And then you kind of have the beach in Kopipi and then kind of like the mountains in, in Chiang Mai. But we, we were thinking about Kosamui. So it would be awesome to come back hopefully after all this COVID stuff goes away and go to Koh Samui. I, I love Thailand. I love Thai food. I would just go to eat the food, do nothing else. I love Pad Thai. I love curry. I love papaya salad. I, I love Thai food. So I'd go back just for food. Uh, well, they're here. There's plenty of food and not enough people to eat it. Not enough tourists to eat it. So you can get a lot of good Thai food for cheap. Thank you, David. It's a third edition. Can I say, Avery, that I'm yes. so excited about the books coming out? And but it's data science for dummies, but it's actually for data. Like even if you are an expert data scientist, only a portion of it is like the basic stuff that most everyone is covering. You know, I took I minimized that because it just didn't need to be like it's just can be condensed. So it's actually about data strategy and data monetization and building data businesses and like data careers. So it's data science, but it's so people that even if you worked in a data as a data scientist for 10 years, there's so much in there that's like about data monetization and about like data businesses, the perspective of growing this type of business that I'm so excited for it to get out there. Cause I know that like, I know it's, a you know, I know it's original. Like no one is saying this cause it like literally came from like the fusion of the things that I have learned along the way between doing being a data professional and growing a business. So I'm excited about that to, to be able to like share that knowledge with other data professionals and feel like, I feel actually like proud for the first time ever because it's not just like, here's this, this, and this is this, and this is this, which is, I guess, helpful at the beginning. But then, you know, once you know it, you know it, but it's more like, okay, here's why this actually matters. And this is how you can use it to like change your company change the world, build your own business, like build some, you know, it's fun. <laughs> that, that's awesome. When does it come out? 
Um, September. Wow, that's soon. Yeah, I'm so excited. And they that's ended up being like, like a month. hot pink. Hot pink? We have like this, yeah, it's a hot pink dummies book. And we have like a whole website to go with it. And there's all sorts of free resources for like data strategy and building your own data business. Like I went all out because, you know, it's my name on there. So yeah, I freaking didn't. I left no stone unturned in trying to like just give value. And none of it is like something that like I read somewhere else and decided, oh, that needs to go in here. Uh-uh. That's awesome. Um, what? So um I'll I'll have the the link to the I know you're having a launch party. I'll have the link to the launch party um in the okay. show notes on the podcast. Data monetization. Uh, I know I love data monetization. It's so it's fascinating, huh? Um where where can people <laughs> buy? I guess I guess that link that you gave me, that's where people can you get you you get on the launch party list and then from the launch party people can have links to buy at the launch party and stuff like that. There, yeah, when it gets open, we'll have something. They'll have it on Amazon. I'm not sure how we'll fit, we'll get it all going. I've got a launch manager right now. Okay, so he's cool. Planning everything, but I just have um, inside that at that website. There's we're putting in a ton of like free content and resources. Some of them from my paid programs um, that I have archived. So they're like there's going to be like free products in there that I used to sell. I'm now giving away for free, and like this is the website, and there's going to be a lot. I just have people helping me. So um, they're building it now. <laughs> All right. Well, sweet. I'm signing up. Everyone. I'm oh, signing you're up. so sweet. You guys should too. That that looks, I like the pink too. I know most of these books are yellow, but you had to have some lily and pink in there, huh? Yeah. It's like freaking pink. And like, yeah, because the future is female. I'm happy. You know, you know, I no longer have to. It was totally different. It used to be like you had to conform to like all this. Now it's like, oh, we have a pink book because females are also allowed to be female. And that doesn't mean that they're less qualified. And, you know, and yeah, you can use hyphenated words like they'll instead of they will. It used mm. to be like so formal. And now it's uh. like, okay, we're real people here. We're not like looking our nose down on anyone else. And like, we're like, here's where we're at here, you know, trying to meet people where they're at and like help literally helping them. So it, the whole bit dummies brand has also changed. Like they never used to let you put like a website or anything. So they have like really adapted as well. And it's just so it's a really nice environment and I'm excited about it. Well, that is awesome. Stoked about that. Definitely going to check that out. Um, and uh, yeah, be sure everyone who's listening on the podcast Check out the the show notes. We have some other fun uh, free things from from Lillian, some free trainings and some free uh, data career quizzes and stuff like that. So definitely check out the show notes. Um, Lillian, anything else you want to say before before we head? No, I just want to say thank you um, for having me on. That was really fun and nice talking to you. Yeah, it was super fun having you. I hope everyone who's listening uh, got something out of it. I know that I did. Um, definitely connect with Lillian. Um, she's on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, find her and uh, check out her website and, and learn from her because she's a great resource to have. So thank you everyone who joined. I know we had a lot of people on Hamant and Ron and Suraj. Yeah, some of these Ken. people are requesting. David, I just requested you 
on LinkedIn. Oh yeah, David, there you go. Signing up right now. So you guys I can connect. David further. is like, yeah, he might be building something on LinkedIn learning as well. Just looking at your contacts. Perhaps you guys will have to connect. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thank you so much, Lynn. We'll talk later. All right. Thanks for having me, Avery. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye.